position now for the Forcer early on, and they get it out now to Penny. Oh, straight through he goes, and he is over. The warm-up starts now. Yes, it certainly does, and things are a bit different this week. It's Jeff and Bryzy here, but not at our usual time slot of 7 to 10. However, we are online at all good podcasting platforms. Jeff and mate, bit different tonight. What's going on? Yeah, look, Bryzy, it's a bit strange. We've got the potty happening of the warm-up due to the West Australia Training Awards, or the Boom Radio coverage of the West Australian Training Awards tonight. So... We've been relegated to the podcast. We have been, mate. But look, congratulations to all winners tonight. And uh, if you are going to stay tuned for this one, we're going to play it around 11 o'clock tonight. Just let it go for an hour. Yeah, we'll let let the warm-up go for an hour because there's plenty of sport to talk about uh, from the AFL to the NFL week ones of uh, that season's happening. But this is a bit weird on the podcast, Riser. We've got no breaks, so we just have to keep going. Mate, this Roll is, with the punches. This is going to be hectic, I tell you what. Uh, this is brand new meaning to the warm-up on Boom Radio. Now, today, we are going to be looking at all things sport. AFL, of course, without the music, it's different tonight. Uh, big two games to come. We're going to talk about the massive tribunal hearing that was Braden Maynard on Angus Brayshaw. That is to be the big talking point of the week here That's in sport. It's been a massive talking point. Considering it happened last Thursday and we got a verdict on Tuesday. Yeah. Uh, yeah, massive talking point. Look, a one-hour deliberation. That is how long it took. We'll talk about that very soon. We'll see. Get... poor bloody Jack Martin? How long? Oh, mate. Jack Martin had to wait four hours to get his hearing. Why don't you have Jack Martin's first, anyway? That's another story of another day. Also, we're talking about the West Coast Eagles later on because rumours are two players set to resign one-year contract extensions. Meaning... Few players. I'm going to ask you questions, Jeff, of who you think will stay, who you think will go. That's later on the show. Ah, should they stay? Should they go? Oh, it's back, Jeff. It's back. Uh, up next, though. Well, we're about, to, we're about to do the cool down. I can't even say up next. I'm thinking. I'm thinking we're live on here. We're not. So I can't do up next. But can they? Can't they? All your great segments here in a bit of a glorified version of the warm up here on a podcast edition, Jeff. Let's get to it, mate. Straight away with the cool down. Last six results. Yeah. Uh, so AFL finals. Week one, Thursday night, Collingwood, Melbourne, four minutes into the match, all everyone at the MCG heard was this almighty bang. Um, and that was uh, Braid Maynard colliding into um, Angus Brayshaw. Yeah, mate. Yeah, that, this, this was a big talking point last week, of course. If you may missed out the, the incident, which has caused a lot of controversy. Um, the AFL, now they want to change rules next year, but here's the thing. It just means it's going to be more difficult to umpire and officiate because Maynard was going for the smuggles. Unfortunate incident. And I look at it this way. Earlier this year, we had a big hip and shoulder from, um, was it Cosy Pickett on Bailey Smith? Yeah, in round one, yes. And Cosy got off? I think he got two weeks. But the thing is, Bailey Smith bounced back up. Angus Brayshaw has got... He's got he's got a glass jaw. He does. So he's gonna be knocked out. He's a bracer after all. Yeah. So that's where that's where it happens. But yeah, look, we'll talk about that later on because it is an interesting one to debate. And Melbourne are going into this game this weekend against Carlton tomorrow night. It'll be a very interesting game because Carlton. I mean, do I think they're gonna win? Maybe not. But 
they're probably licking their lips at the fact that Melbourne have had a bit of a distraction-filled week. Uh, uh, yeah, they did have a distraction-filled week, and then what do you make of this whole debacle of him going over on Friday, and apparently Max Gorn and Christian Petrarca were there, and someone had to leave the room because yeah. he, someone was going to hit him. I, I, I don't know what to make of it. <clears throat> it was bottles of wines involved, flowers. Like... I I, under, I understand they're probably angry with, with their mate getting hit, but to to do that to throw the cots out to throw the to throw the cots out of the whatever <laughs> toys out of the cot that's the word I'm looking for. I think that's a bit I think that's a bit overkill, like a bit over the top from Melbourne. I mean Collingwood, if if this was Angus Brayshaw and Braden Maynard, and Collingwood did the same thing, I mean at the end of the day. What will Melbourne players say? Well, are they going to throw the? They're still going to throw the toys out of the cop because they hit them to Maynard. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't know, but um, all I do know is ha- Hamish Bracewell, Angus's brother, um, who actually won the Sandover medal. Yeah, congrats, as well. congrats to um, Hamish Bracewell, of course, ex West Coast Eagles. Well, play one game for the club and get back on the list. We'll uh, we'll talk about that later, but uh, in. Now he sees the incident as uh, it was. It, it wasn't fair, but he can see where Collingwood are coming from. And yeah. but to start with, because it's his brother, he was absolutely ropeable. Now look on SEN a couple of days ago, um, he actually spoke to Tim Gossage and Scotty Cummins, another of course another station. I do work at SEN, and basically he um, he said something which I thought Hamish. I agree with this one. Tommy goes, people have got to stop asking me questions because I'm I'm biased. It's my brother. Of course, of course he is. I'm biased. And I thought, hey, Mish, you're speaking really well, mate. Well done. He says, everyone's asked me all these questions about how I feel about Braden Maynard. And he goes, I can't actually answer them because I am a very biased because it's, my, it's, it's, his, it's his blood. Well, it brings us back to the incident of Andrew Gaff and Andrew Brayshaw. He was teammates with Andrew Gaff at the time, hmm. but Andrew Gaff did hit his brother. Yeah, exactly, exactly, mate. No, look, let's go through the results before we go any further in regards to tribunal suspensions. Um, straight away from last week, Jevin. Um, we'll go to what well, uh, sports actually happened last week. <laughs> we'll go through the cricket? AFL cricket to start with. Cricket first. Okay, start <laughs> with cricket. AFL safe for the end, mate. Okay, so in the cricket, uh, the Aussies are up three-one, heading into the fourth ODI against South Africa. Um, Manus Labuschagne coming on as the concussion sub uh, for Cam Green in one of the T20s against South Africa. Ended up making 80 not out. So it's the second time he's been concussions up. And it begs the question, should he be in the 15-man squad for the ODI World Cup? So I don't understand the concussion sub. Do they just Is it similar to the AFL, is it? So the concussion sub, uh, it was used for Cam Green because he got hit in the helmet. Yep. And then now the protocol is if you get hit in the helmet... Uh, the doctors have to come out and check you, and they thought he was was showing symptoms, so that's when you're allowed to make your concussions up. That's cool, mate. That's cool. That's cool. All right. So um, how do the Aussies go? Uh, in the first ODI game, they beat South Africa by three wickets. Second game, they won by 123 runs. Unfortunately, Aussie collapsed in the third ODI. South Africa won by 111 to... Um, the series is now at 2-1, and then tomorrow is the fourth ODI, and then on Monday is the fifth ODI as well. But uh, 
David Warner, he's been playing out of his skin uh, so far. The la- last game, player of the... M- oh, he, him and Marnus Labuschagne did the damage. 124 and 106 between them, respectfully. Mitch Marsh actually got out for a duck. Which is which is hard to believe with the way Mitch Marsh has been tonking them as of late. Of course, big collapse though in that game as well. Jevin, um, also uh, we'll move on from that. The Rugby World Cup started. Yeah, Rugby World Cup. Um, Australia. Too, too did, many World Cup. Yeah, oh, mate, there's been so many this year. Australia did win, of course, against Georgia. Very well done by Australia. 31-14, I believe, was the result. Um, so Australia do move on to bigger and better things. However, the Kiwis, the All Blacks, went down to France, the host nation, on the opening night. Is it... Are the Kiwis any good at rugby anymore? Obviously oh, not. Obviously not, mate. They're done. They're done already. They... They lost 27 to 13. I don't know what's going on with New Zealand rugby at the moment. But yeah, as you touched on Australia, first win of the year against Georgia. And it took till September to win the first game of the year, yeah. which is absolutely that's, that's, crazy. That's, 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 that's phenomenal, actually. Uh, look, good luck to but Australia. Now they've got Fiji, so. Yeah, mate, look. Let's applaud them. Well done to Australia. Well done. Uh, mate, also, of course, in the AFL, we did have two, four big games. We did. Starting on Thursday night, what a game it was. Collingwood, too good for Melbourne. I don't... Uh, in the last quarter, was Collingwood too good for Melbourne? No. Melbourne had, what, 69 inside 50s mm. and somehow lost the game. That's unbelievable. In the last quarter, Melbourne were coming. They were throwing everything at Collingwood. Uh, the only thing that... Uh, the, where Melbourne should have won is they didn't kick straight. No, it was pretty, um, pretty deplorable. But Collingwood, what, kicked two points in the last quarter or something? Yeah, it was pretty deplorable. It was actually terrible kicking. What What did our uh, good friend Matthew Arrowsmith had to say after that? Mate, the- he was absolutely unstoppable. I messaged him on um, I messaged him that night too, by the way. I think he was one of the most relieved mans in Western Australia. Yes. Yeah, look, mate, He when I messaged him, he basically was just like, congratulations on the win. And that was all I said. And he was just like, I am so relieved. So good on you, Matt. And fingers crossed Collingwood as well. They're playing some good footy at the moment. And they've gone through to the prelim. Top two through the prelim. And of course, that means the losers of both games, which was Port Adelaide and Collingwood. They are now hosting this weekend. And Port Adelaide, though, they looked atrocious against Brisbane. They did uh, look atrocious. Um, Losing in the end by what? Was it 40 40 points? Mate, they looked average. They looked like it. They looked like a bottom, bottom eight side. Well, they couldn't kick a goal to save their life. I think Ollie Lord kicked their first three. Yeah. And he's never kicked more than three goals in his life. Yeah. So uh, that didn't really help their cause. And uh, you, It's so hard to beat Brisbane at the gap. It's so hard to tip against them because Brisbane just know how to get it done at home. Yeah, mate. Brisbane have, Brisbane have made that into a fortress and they are playing good footy at the Gabba. You, if, if they're at the Gabba, it's going to be hard for any side to beat them. It is hard to beat Brisbane. Well, Port Adelaide have also got injury concerns. Dylan Williams did his hamstring. Trent McKenzie did his ankle. Well, look at um, Kane Corns' tweet. Brand Zerk Thatcher's requested a trade to the power and he says, can you play this week? Well, bring Tom Jonas back into the side. Yeah, it's just just nuts to think of play at the moment. Uh, moving on to the other two games, mate. Of course, the other ones were 5th versus 8th. Carlton and Sydney flying off and in that game. Carlton proving the goods against Sydney. However, they did everything they could to lose that game. I thought they were going to lose it. Well, Harry Mackay did 
with every shot he took pretty much while hitting the post what in three from three meters out and then missing a sitter from the goal square but uh Sydney they had their chances they kicked nine goals 14 they probably should have won this game yeah mate they definitely should have and of course last but not least the Giants they the are looking orange tsunami mate, rolls on they look the goods the Giants right now I'm gonna be honest with you are a dark horse they oh. will beat power this weekend I've tipped them they will beat them by about I'd say two or three goals They'll move on, and you want to know something? They will cause issues. They will. For Collingwood in the prelims. I even said, because remember, they, that's how they had to be Collingwood in the prelim um, get to the grand final a couple of years ago. 2019. And they did that. I made a big call this week and said, who, the last weekend, I said, whoever loses between Brisbane and Port will struggle against the Giants, and I do think that well, will happen again. Well, Ashton, uh, big Giants fan, he said, this is, has shades of 2019 written all about it. And... Sorry, it how, does. How good it is, does. is Toby Bedford? You got him for pick 44. You got him for a pack of chips. Yeah. And how good of a player he Mate, is. Mate, he's been phenomenal, of course. Well done, Toby Bedford. Of course, he got off his suspension and he showed why he is a very Just important player. Just blew a player. few uh, kisses to the tribunal yeah. while celebrating goal as well. Oh, I would good, have done the same thing. How good's Jake Riccardi as well? He's pretty good as well. He, um, he, had, he burst on the scene a few years ago. He struggled getting the side last year and I even thought to myself, I follow the West Coast Eagles and other clubs, try and get him for a late third round or fourth round pick and he has shown his worth and I, I think the amazing thing about the Giants win is that Cogsy didn't play and Toby Green probably didn't play his best game oh mate but how good was Sam Taylor down back as well very important players in regards to and plus Sam Taylor West Aussie Swan District's boy yeah of course uh, most of their team is West Aussie they are actually about funny, about, funny enough about it you're listening to Boom Radio not just noise Yes, this is the warm-up podcast this week, of course. And, uh, Jeff, it's now time to go for Can They Can't. They better go back because we do it. Jeff, let's go straight into it, by the way. And I'll give you the new pillar this week. Who's your Can They Can't they? I was going to say, <clears throat> can the giant tsunami or the orange tsunami roll on this week? Um, I'm going to say yes, and they will. I think they will. I reckon two or three goal win by the Giants this weekend. And uh, it'll be a big, big sound for the rest of the town. Sound of the Molly Giants. That's what I reckon as well. Um, Brett Daniels, Toby Bedford, Toby Green. It's all the mosquito fleet small forwards that are going to do the damage for the Giants. I don't think the power can stop them without Trent McKenzie and Dylan Williams. Yep. Um, my next one is this one, Jeff. Um, the Wallabies won their first game. They did. Can the Wallabies, I'm going to say it now, can they keep on to nearly their winning, winning form? One game so far already. They've won one game so far this year against, now it's against Georgia. But can they, can they make it out of the group stage? Uh, I hope so, but um, it's not looking good for Australian rugby. Yes, they beat Georgia, but are they going to really beat Fiji? That's that's a whole different kettle of fish, to be honest. Yeah, no, I may agree with you 100%. Um, can, uh, well, I'll turn my attention to the NFL. Um, can Lou Hadley from uh, the New Orleans Saints, will he be in the running for the uh, Best first year punter. I'm just going to say yes because do you know how much I know about NFL, Jeff, and he'll win it. Oh, yep. West Aussie boy from Manjo. Oh, he's too. Yeah, I knew he was. I forgot. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's that's good of you, bro. <laughs> that's terrible of you, Jeff. Uh, no, he will. No, in all seriousness, though, he, um, he was a very good player. He will win. Okay. Yeah, okay. Now, um, my last but not least, Jeff, is um, more of a does they. Does the Braden Maynard incident set a precedence for future suspensions? 
I think so. Okay. Okay. Do you, do you think that this will mean that they'll change rules, or do you think that in future, if someone else does the same thing, he'll be rubbed out? I think it's going to change rules. To be honest, um, it's a it's a weird one because he when when I saw it in fast motion, it looked like he. It looked bad in fast motion. In yeah. slow motion, you look at it and you go, he couldn't do anything more about it. No, no that's true. And then, um, basically, Angus Brayshaw was a setting duck, to be honest. Yeah. Um, but here's something else that you haven't thought of, right? Angus Brayshaw's a right footer, yeah. isn't he? Yeah. So when you're on your right foot, you naturally curve or run to your left. Yeah. So... Technically, when he kicked the ball, he ran, he was running, and then did Angus Brayshaw get in the way of Braden Maynard because he's a right footer? That's a good call. That's a good call. Yeah, okay. Yeah, all right. Yeah, that's a good call, Jeff. All right. Um, yeah, let us know your thoughts on those. Of course, on our social do each and every week, you listen to Boomerang's podcast edition of the warm up for this Thursday, 14th of September. Uh, look, Dan Hardy from um, Tab Corp, he's going to join us on the potty. Oh, wow. It's very, very exciting. Of course, Jevin, we're going to have Dan Hardy up on the phone in a couple of minutes. Just about to ring him. So Frequent we'll get... flyer, Dan. Frequent flyer, Dan. You're listening to Boom Radio, not just noise. Yeah. course, this is the Warm Up Podcast Special Edition this week, Jeff. And as we do each and every week, that sound means only one person, Mr. Dan Hardy from Tapcorp in Melbourne. He's on the potty, mate. Dan, how are you? Oh, boy, this is a nice change of podcast. We're en- entering into the 21st century here. <laughs> we finally got with the times, Dan. Uh, over the past couple of weeks as well, he's actually been Qantas's favourite customer. That's why we're calling him Frequent Fire Dan. Mm. Well... Excuse me, I'm actually changing airlines this week because Ooh. of convenience and price. So, yeah, Qantas is just on the back burner this week. Sorry. What Who are with this week? Yeah. I'm actually doubling. I'm going with Virgin tomorrow morning. Virgin mm. on the ridiculous. <laughs> and then ridiculous. I'm coming home on Saturday via Jetstar. So I'm really God. getting a taste for everything. <laughs> <laughs> Jetstar. Isn't that, isn't that budget Qantas? Jetstar? Have you got? A yeah, ca- I get Qantas points for flying Jetstar. So technically, I'm doubling in all three airlines here. <laughs> I love it. I love what you're going to say, Jeff. Um, do, are you getting a check bag or? Are, yes, are you, I am. You, <laughs> this went into my plan thinking. I think ahead here. So because you know that a ticket price with Jetstar, yes, it's cheaper, but you have to pay extra for a check bag and you have to pay for everything else. It's so wrong. So, yeah, you just go with another airline and it turns out to be actually cheaper. So it works out better. Oh, you know, I love do it. your research, people. Oh, I love it. No, mate, that's really smart. Look, we're going to move on, though, to Rose Hill from last week. Recapping last week's action. Race 8, the James Squire run to the Rose. First place was Cylinder with Nash mm. Rowilla on board. Mar- Moravia came in second spot. Nadal, no relation to Raphael, third spot. And Butch Cassidy came in fourth with Jeff pumping his fist because he got the tip in fourth spot. Jeff, not a win, though. Yeah. No. No, it wasn't a win. It wasn't a win. But it was a win from Cylinder. My gosh. He's he's an interesting one to catch. I I don't know if you guys remember. I'm sure that I talked this horse up deluxe coming into this prep. I was almost guaranteeing he would have an Everest slot at his beck and call. But then he came back and he only just 
scraped home in a race at Caulfield, the Vane Stakes. He only just got there, and he was backed as if unbeatable. And he beat a horse called Ouroboros, who's not... Um, He's no superstar. He's a good horse, but no superstar by any stretch. So we're kind of a bit... We just didn't know where to place Cylinder this prep. And then he came out last week. He was given favouritism again, but I tipped Libertad because Libertad was unbeaten. He was three from three, um, and he had the form on the board at Rose Hill. But he hasn't run a drum on Saturday. But Cylinder, he got into a great spot. I love it when Nashrawilla is put onto a Godolphin horse. I just think he gets the best out of them. I mean, you just need to go back to a couple of years ago where he scraped paint along the rails, nearly caused damage to half the field, but he got Kementari home. So he's always a good jockey booking, and he got the job done. I think it was a good race. I'm just not sold on this three-year-old crop in Sydney this year. I just... There's some really decent horses. I talk about Militarise, who returned um, last week in the run to the Rose. His run was good from a potential Victoria Derby point of view. I think he's a genuine stay in Militarise, being by done deal. And we saw glimpses of that in his wins in the Autumn Carnival. We're still waiting on Shinzo to come back. He'll probably go into the Everest second up, I'd imagine. I don't know when he's resuming. But I just don't know what to make of this three-year-old crop. And Cylinder, again, just didn't put them away. So... I don't know how much to read into it. I still think he's going to get a slot in the Everest. And from a tab point of view, I'm hoping to see him represent us in the race. But look, he's a he's an interesting cat. Moravia is in fantastic form. He's done nothing wrong. And he keeps going around at massive prices. He was second in the San Domenico storm time on that occasion behind Libertad. And he did the same thing against Cylinder. So he could be the one to watch out for in the Golden Rose next week because his form's been there. If he draws a good gate and can settle up close to the speed, I reckon he's right in that. Nadal was a good run. I think he's just a grade below them at this stage, but he gets a Group Three, play, Group Two placing to his name. And Butch Cassidy was, look, it was a good run. I don't think it was anything fantastic, but he whacked away okay for fourth. So yeah, look, overall, I don't really rate this bunch of three-year-olds that we've seen so far. I'd probably put Melbourne's maybe slightly ahead of Sydney's, but I think we're dealing with a uh, maybe a more average than normal crop of three-year-olds this spring carnival. So. Um, but, yeah, look, it was a good win nonetheless. And Cylinder, he's going to be fascinating to watch in the next couple of weeks. No, mate, very, very cool as well. I know Jeff's very happy with the way where his horse came. But, Jeff, again, no placing. No, not a placing. But so a four still good. I'm, I'm up the... I'm up. I'm up, I'm up there. I'm glad, mate. Well, my horse is still running. So, anyway. Um, yeah. Typical browser. Yeah, but I think my horse got scratched. So, anyway. Oh, well, it's just, like, it's just like the person who tipped it. Scratching. Oh, you're a tool. Um, all right, mate. Last week as well, race number nine. This is the Clams Seafood Fian Steaks, of course. Once by Clams. Great seafood, are they? Are they, Jeff? Have you had them before? Nom noms. Nom noms? Yum. Yum? Yep. Nah. nah. Oh, Jevin. Never had clams. You know, Clams. <laughs> it's a good Jeff. It's good. Definitely not so wrong. <laughs> um, all right. The top four were pinstriped in first spot, followed by attrition, and then Tuvalu and pounding. In fourth spot, how did the horses run? Well, this race was just full of... You know, it was a licorice all sorts, this race. But first and foremost, Pinstripe. He's won his way into the Cox Plate. That race, of course, was a win and you're into the Cox Plate. So, Envyusophobic, he, he's got a small-ish stable in Victoria, but, geez, he's got a good strike rate. And this is a massive thrill for him. It's going to be his first Cox Plate runner 
And one of his first Group 1 runners as well, he's going to run into a red-hot field come the Cox Plate, so I think Pinstripe will struggle there. But just an amazing story. He's now um, gotten just shy of a million dollars in prize money for Benny Allen, of course, the notorious young calf on Instagram. Give him a follow. He's a DJ. He's a jockey. It's just a, a fantastic story with him. And Pinstripe put the riding on the wall first up with a good second in the PB Lawrence behind Mr. Brightside. And he's come out and franked that form with a really good win there on Saturday. So, look, I, I doubted him. I thought he might struggle in this sort of field. But, hey, credit to him. He got the job done. I think if the race was ran over, you know, 50 metres more, attrition would have got the job done. He was enormous in second. And Benny Mellum, he just had to make a couple of decisions um, to obtain clear running. And, you know, if he, in a perfect scenario, could have gotten to the outside of pinstripes at the top of the straight, the result could have been different. But he's on track for a really good win this prep, Patrician. That was fantastic in second. Tuvalu for Lindsay Smith, the West Australian. He, he ran well in um, in for third. I think there'll be another win in him this prep. I just don't know what race for him. Possibly the Turak. Again, I, I just don't know. Pounding was a very good return. And away from them... Um, the globe was very disappointing, but he pulled up with cardiac arrhythmia. So oh, that had to rethink his um, program now, Globe. Unfortunately, the bubble burst with him and he ran horribly, but thankfully he's okay. Um, so he was tailed off. My tip to our knowledge, uh, she just couldn't cop it in this sort of grade, I don't think. So back to the drawing board with her. The mayor's races over the spring will suit her to a T. And just another one, Alaskan God, the WA horse. He's run an absolute drum. He ran fifth. I was blown away. He ran around at about 51 bucks. He was one of the roughies of the field. And he's run an absolute bottler. If he continues along this progression throughout the spring, he could pick up one of these, um, I, I don't know how to describe, maybe group twos. I think that's well and truly within his grasp. And I don't think the Valley would have suited him. So get him to Caulfield or Flemington, and he could be winning one of these races. He was fantastic in fifth. And, of course, he was one of three horses that Danny Morton had. I mentioned to you guys last week, it was the WA domination last week with the amount of WA rep, uh, representatives that were over at, over here in Melbourne. And Alaskan God certainly um, put his credentials on the line for a decent race this spring. So, look, a good race. I don't know if it told us that much. Um, but, no, a very good win to Pinstripe. And, yeah, good to see him in the Cox Plate now. Awesome, mate. We'll be back very soon. Or, oh, actually, we'll still be on here. But what race are we doing um, in the next little oh. segment? We're back into Group 1 racing. The Maccabi Diva Stakes at Flemington. It's going to be an absolute ripper. Just seven horses going around. So we'll touch on that. And also in Sydney, the inaugural running of the seven stakes worth a million dollars. You're listening to Boom Radio, not just noise. Yeah, of course it is uh, the podcast this week. And uh, as we have been the last little bit, we are joined by Mr. Dan Hardy from Tabcorp in Melbourne. He's just not a horse racing expert, Bryza. He can also give you travel tips. He can, mate. And we're looking at races this weekend, Dan. Uh, what race do we say we're going to again this week? Oh, bloody oath, I can give you some travel tips. Um, but <laughs> we're going to Flemington, Royal Flemington. We're going to race number seven, the Group 1 Maccabi Diva Stakes is where we're going to kick things off. That's right. It's a PFD food. Services Maccabi Diva Stakes, to be exact, this is 1.40pm WA time, race number seven. At the moment, the favourite going in is the bright side with Craig Williams on board. But, Dan, who are you backing? Oh, he's very difficult to tip against, Mr. Brightside. He's had a fantastic start to his prep. He's 
He's won four wins in a row at the moment. So we start back at the All-Star Mile last year at Mooney Valley. He won that. Then he went on to win the Doncaster Handicap during the autumn. That was his second Doncaster. Then he's come back from a spell. He won the PB Lawrence Stakes well first up. And then he came out in the Memsey and he toughed it out after being three wide the trip. I thought it was a fantastic win from Mr. Brideside on that occasion. So he makes it very hard to tip against him, but I am going to. Um, I'm, go- I'm going to tip Alligator Blood here. I mean, I've, first first and foremost, whilst it's a very small field, factor in just the quality in this lineup. Mr. Brideside speaks for himself. Alligator Blood, we know how good he is. Princess Grace. Now, Australians don't know her too well. I tipped her last start, and she ran a really good second in the Memsey. She's a multiple Group 1 winning mare from America. So she came over here very highly credentialed. She's now with Chris Wallop. Ossipenko, he's a very good horse on his day. Probably hasn't shown that this prep. I think he either needs to be gelded or he needs to be off to stud shortly. Aegon is a multiple group one winner from New Zealand. Francesco Gardi is one of the Melbourne Cup favourites at present. And Spanish Mission, he was the Melbourne Cup favourite the year that Very Elegant ended up getting the job done. And he returns from injury on Saturday. That's the depth of this field, despite it being a small field. So, there is such good horse flesh on show, and many stories will come out of this race on Saturday. I'm going with Alligator Blood purely because of his record at Flemington. He's been here four times, won three of those runs, and been second on another occasion. That was in this race last year, where he just got pipped at the post by I'm Thunderstruck. I thought it was a well-rated ride from Timmy Clark on that occasion. He draws barrier four on Saturday in the small field, but look on paper, there is no speed in this race. I can see Alligator Blood and Mr. Brightside one and two the entire trip. I think it'll be a tactical affair. And I think Damien Oliver may be able to pull out all the punches with Alligator Blood on a horse who's just far better suited to Flemington, which I didn't expect, but he thrives on these bigger tracks. We've seen him win two Doncasters at Ramwick. We've seen him win three times here at Flemington in the past. So I think now second up, a bit more fitness under his belt. I think Saturday's his day, and I'm happy to play it around that $3.80 quote with Tabby was, but he might be getting out closer to $4. So... I'm happy to go with um, the alligator on Saturday to cause a little bit of an upset. A big race to come, big race feel. Jevin, who you tip? If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Mr. Brightside. Well, I'm going to go with Princess Grace. Yeah, fair enough. Oh, look, I, I tipped her last time. She was fantastic behind Mr. Brightside. She had the run of the race, but... Yeah. Look, she's a quality mare. If she's able to turn it on on Saturday, then there's no reason why she can't beat them. But she's going to have to be good. She's drawn the outside gate and a small field. She's yeah, she's going to have a job. Cut, she's going to have a job cut out for her. But I think on her best, she can definitely win. Now, mate, uh, all the other races we're going to. We're heading to Randwick because we've got the inaugural running of the seven stakes. Now, this is, of course, race number seven on the program as well. It makes sense, doesn't it? Uh, This is race seven, the seven stakes, 125. People got really interrupted whilst we were recording, and now I've lost my my place. Excuses, excuses, Bryza. 125 p.m. on Saturday as well, local time. Oh, actually, no, it's our time. Uh, Number nine, Fangirl's the favourite at the moment. Dan, who are you tipping? This is, I found this very tough. It's a million dollar race. This is a great lineup. Zaki was originally nommed for the Maccabi Diva at Flemington as well. So he's going to run second up in this seven stakes on Saturday, as is Fangirl, who everyone's been frothing over since she resumed with a win in the Wink Stakes. James McDonald rode her on that occasion. And obviously, James was scheduled to partner her throughout the spring before he got injured at Wyong a couple of weeks ago. Karen McAvoy rides on Saturday. That's, she's not losing anything by getting Karen on, but. Since the final fields have come out, she's done nothing but drift in the market. I think we're shopping around $3.50 with Tab 
for her on Saturday. So, look, she's done nothing wrong. She's a Group 1 winner first up this prep. I I can't see her running a poor race. I think just uh, tactically it might be interesting because she's drawn awkwardly out in 10. So she may just have to take her medicine, go back and be running home over the top of them late. Um, I'm, I hate sticking... I just have this inkling that Zaki's not the horse he used to be. He's definitely not. He's a nine-year-old now. But I thought his first up run was good, being beaten by Fangirl, but he was beaten under a le- under half a length, and he was doing all the donkey work up on speed. So I think with a bit more fitness under his belt, he can be right in the finish on Saturday. And going by the way the market's trending, he could almost start favourite, to be honest. So I'm going to tip Zaki in what is a very, very open running of the seven stakes. Think it over there as well. He's done nothing wrong. Pericles is that up-and-coming sort of horse. Hinged could easily run a big race. And who you mal? Hal thought he was fantastic first up in the Chelmsford. He could very well run a big race second up as well. So there's a lot of cases to be made in this race, but I'll tip Zaki and wanted a bit of a price for a place. I want to throw in my Oberon for Annabelle. I'm going with the two Annabelle Nisham horses, but his record at the Randwick 1600, I think is just, it's very good. It's very good. He was only narrowly beaten in the Doncaster early in the year. And if he can just recapture that form, I think he's right in the finish at about that $31 quote. Awesome, mate. Jevin, who are you tipping? I like think it over. I think it, at paying five dollars, I think think it's a bit of value. So you think, Jeff? Do you, do you think? I think you're thinking it over. Yeah, I'm that's thinking good, it's mate. over. That's so good. that's why it's thinking it over. Oh, you're a flog. Um, I'm I'm going to go with uh, this is a hard one, isn't it? This weekend, um, mm. it's a good race. I'll go with hinged. Yep, hinged, hinged with uh, B Preble. I'm I'm quite close with him. Oh, we're tight. Yeah. We're tight. Say his first name. Hey, can't even say his first name. No, it's on a <laughs> Mr. Mr. Preble basis. That's right, Mr. Preble races. No, he's he's a very accomplished jockey. He gets on well with Chris Waller's horses. I just don't know where Hinged is at. To be fair, I think she's either calling for the breeding barn or I, I just don't know. She needs to improve to be winning on Saturday. I think that's fair enough. That's fair enough. Dan, what do we say each and every week? Gamble responsibly. What, Jeff? What do we say each and every week? What are you really gambling with? Gamble responsibly. Need help? Call the Gambler's Helpline on 1-800-858-858. Of course, thank you, Dan, for still joining us on the Warm Up Podcast. Really appreciate it. Absolute pleasure, boys. Look forward to the next week. Look forward to it, mate. And, of course, before you go, I have one more question for you. Yeah. Two teams out. Who do you think's winning finals now? Who's in the granny? Oh, Collingwood every day of the week will be there. Um, I... I want to see Melbourne get there, but they've just got to do it the hard way. So, I, no. Look, everything, looking at looking at facts, I can't see Collingwood and Brisbane not making it. And yep. I think Collingwood at the G on grand final day will absolutely belt the living daylights out of Brisbane. So, yeah, I, look, I've, I've backed Collingwood all year. I think they will win the flag. It's all scripted, pretty much. And the whole Braden Maynard thing this week, it just adds to the equation. I think they will win and win comfortably. And I think just based on the fact that Brisbane has a home prelim, will get them into the final. So I think Collingwood v Brisbane, and I think Collingwood will belt them. You're listening to Boom Radio, not just noise. And, of course, thanks to Dan for joining us here on the Poly this week. De- Jeff, we're, talk- we're going forward and prosper now. We're going to go to um, chat about our flogs and MPs of the week. Oh, yes. We're going to turn to the Flog of the Week, mate. We're going to do a few seconds here and just rattle them off because we've got a, we've basically got 25 minutes, really, to keep going. Dan just talks too much. He talks too much crap, doesn't he, mate? No, he knows his stuff. Thank you, once again, to Dan from Tab Corp in Melbourne. Jeff, Flog of the Week. My Flog of the Week 
uh, goes to the Port Adelaide banner making. Oh, mate, that was terrible. Look, come up with something more inspiring, please, because there's nothing worse as a player when you run out of a banner and it literally says, win at the Gabba and we're one step closer to the last game of the year. Like, bit of creativity, nothing? No. Okay, so... Yeah, Port Adelaide banner-making crew. You're on notice, and this week, this is why GWS are going to tear the pair this week. Because you write ridiculous banners. That's enough, Riser. Flog, please. Oh, mate, don't get me started on that one. My flog of the week is the fact that the arguments enthralled by the um, the Maynard thing. Just, mm. like, at the end of the day, even if it got suspended, it was accidental. There's no need for everyone to be a so-called couch expert. Yeah, I know, but that's just human nature, Bryza. Everyone's got opinions. Yeah, everyone's got opinion, but it means that I don't think I think that opinions and stuff is pretty dumb. And then when Michael Christian goes, I don't know what to do for this one, so I'm gonna let the get the new person decide. And she goes, oh, I can't put my name to that. <sighs> Take some accreditation, AFL. You 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 talk about a big game about head clashes and stuff, and you you're all soft as cock. Who did Michael Christian play for? Collingwood. Yeah, right, okay. Just interesting. But anyway, go on. What are you implying, Jeff? Collingwood, Michael Christian, Collingwood, Braden Maynard, Collingwood. Yeah, I know that. But he's in the script bridesmaid for them to win a flag in September. So you're saying that you you agree with Hamish Brayshaw for what his quote was earlier in the week when he was Early in the week I was with him, but now I've changed my tune. Because I thought about it. I was mm. angry. Well, I wasn't angry, but I was... You were angry at it? I was upset. Well, you, well, you, well, you spin chips and throwing bottles at people <laughs> I and was upset I? about it because my cousin's a big Melbourne supporter and I know Angus Brayshaw's history with concussions. Yeah, but at the end of the day, like, if that, that could be anyone. That could be any eagle that did that to Brayshaw too. Oh, then if it was an eagle, well, Michael Christian would have given him, like, 10 weeks. <laughs> okay. The reason why I've given this a flog is because Christian has openly said that this could be a conflict of interest with what I'm about to do and to get him off. He actually said that. He said that openly in a press release. However, he, he then asked one of the others to say, what do you want me to do? And then they go, put the suspension on him. He went to do that mm-hmm. and then they wouldn't put their name to the thing as being in regards to contacting my Christian. <sighs> Disappointing on the AFL. The AFL, though, they yeah, they always change the rules. It came to tune. It becomes too much. Anyway. I also saw another flog, a quiet one. Okay. Uh, they've changed the rules about uh, in the Big Bash about um, balls hitting the roof at Marvel Stadium. What's that now? The umpires will determine if the ball, if it hit the roof, if it was going to clear the boundary or not. If not, and it's caught off the roof, I think it's out. So the umpires determine if it's a boundary, if it's going looking towards a boundary at Marble Stadium. That's just dumb. I know. Just call it a dead ball, like the old rule. Like, for a long... I think they changed the rule. If it hit the roof, it was a six. Like, dead ball, move on. It doesn't happen often enough to even really care, does it? I don't really get... It doesn't happen happen often enough anyway. Well, why are we even playing cricket with the roof on to start with? I guess if it's wet, though, I guess they do. But I feel like if it's wet, do they just let the game still play? 
Like, don't don't close the roof. I don't know. Anyway, uh, mate, MVP of the week. We're going to go straight into it. MVP. Yeah, MVP of the week. Uh, easy one. Should be on an AFL list. Shame we delisted him. Hamish Brayshaw. Yeah, I agree with that one, Hamish Brayshaw, in regards to winning this stand. Very well done. He won by it by him. seven votes, though. He just didn't win it by the slightest of margins. He won it by... Another... Don't they go five four three two one? Is that right? In that one, or was it three two one still? I think they do five four three two one in the waffle. Yeah. Don't know how you can do but do that. Apparently, best three uh, I heard this at uh, Sport FM. Apparently, hmm. the Sandover Medal hmm. started at twenty past six and didn't finish till midnight. It took them six hours to let people know the Sandover Medal, like because they introduced every Sandover winner that was in the room slash every legend. Slash the other awards, the best Colts player, the best reserves player, the leading goal kicker, all those other awards. And it took them That's si- a long time. It took them six hours to That's announce the Sandover. Time. Like, people mm. wanted to know who won the Sandover before they went to bed. And the other thing is, why is the Sandover the week of the prelim, not the grand final? Yeah, I don't get it. Maybe it was booking thing. Maybe because of Wata, they had to change nights. That's a crown. Wada's at the convention centre. Oh, thank you, Jeff. Again, another event being relegated to a lesser venue. Yeah, no. It's just not on, Jeff, is it? No, definitely not. Uh, my MVP of the week, probably Hamish as well. I agree with that one. However, I'm going to go... I don't know who else to really give it to this week, Jeff. I mean, I guess I could give it to Trevor Nisbet. Oh, yeah. He has. He's done a fantastic job with the West Coast Eagles since 1989, by 1999. Huh? He was involved with the club. Oh, yes. But he was CEO from now Yeah, but I'm counting involved with the club. Okay. 1989, he came to the club for the first time. Ah, before Bryza. As of 2024, five, he will no longer be at the club for the first time in that long. So he's at the club next year doing what? Yes. CEO, until they find the sewer replacement. Oh, right, right, right. He hasn't he, stepped down yet. He's been there all my life. He has. And in 1999, he became a CEO of the AFL. The problem is, I said to yesterday, who are they? Who are they going to get to replace him? Is an interesting question. I, I actually think they might go for Wusha. The CEO. Mm. What about Guy McKenna? Oh no, he's probably at um, he's at Cricket Victoria, isn't he? Is he? I think so. Oh. After Don, he left yeah. Essendon, who knows? Don Pot was at the Collective Minds camp probably again. Mm. Was that loud? Whoops! As long as they don't get put to Oh, for the ex-player, <laughs> he's an idiot, isn't he? Anyway, mate, yeah, Fog of the Week, MVP of the Week. Thank you very much once again. Guess what we're doing next? You're listening to Boom Radio, not just noise. We're moving on now to Jeff, do a bit of NFL. Oh, the NFL. This is interesting because we never touch on the NFL, Brasa. Oh, I did, I did years ago, Jeff, but then you, you joined, you didn't really seem interested, so I just stopped doing it. What do you mean? Love the NFL. Oh. Love it. All right, mate, what NFL update for me? All right. How are my 49ers going? Well, I can tell you 49ers are so much better than bloody Southampton. Who you go for? Uh, 49ers beat the Pittsburgh Steelers 30-7. The biggest upset of uh, week one was uh, the Detroit Lions beat the uh, reigning Super Bowl champs, the Kansas City Chiefs, by a point, 21-20. The Cleveland Browns beat the city Cincinnati Bengals, led by Joe Burrows, 24-30. Maybe they can actually play a playoff in uh, Cleveland with fans. Uh, and then Baltimore, with Lamar Jackson, he's back, uh, beat the Beat up on the Texans 20-9. The Buccaneers without Tom Brady uh, beat the Minnesota Vikings 20-17. The 
Falcons beat the Panthers 24 to 10. Washington Commanders beat the Cardinals by four points, 20 to 16. The Jags, led by Trevor Lawrence, they're 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 on the rise up. They beat the Saints. They beat the Indianapolis Colts 31 to 21. My New Orleans Saints, led by uh, Lou Hadley, beat the Tennessee Titans 16 to 15. The Raiders beat the Broncos by a point, 17 to 16. The Philadelphia Eagles uh, beat the New England Patriots in a rematch. I believe it was Super Bowl 56. Mm-hmm. Um, 25 to 20. They also uh, retired Tom Brady's number 12, so that was always going to happen. Uh, the Rams, they beat the Seahawks 30 to 13. Dolphins beat the Chargers by two. Packers beat the Bears 38 to 20. Cowboys absolutely beat up on the New York Giants 40 to 0. And the New York Jets beat the Josh Allen led Buffalo Bills 22 to 16. But big news out of that game Aaron Rodgers, who's 40 years old, is out for the season and his career is all but done. So sad, mate. So sad indeed. Thank you, Jeff, for the NFL update this week. Of course, we will be doing that again next. Back very soon, of course. Not back very soon. You're saying that. We're going to get used to the fact we're doing a podcast right now. We're not doing it live. Uh, Jeff, we're going to go straight into it right now. Though it's time for us to have a look at this weekend's AFL matches. And then we're going to do Gridley. Oh, yes. As well, this weekend. Let's go into it straight away. This is Friday Night Footy between Carlton and Melbourne. Of course, Carlton of the away side. The MCG, 5.20pm on your Friday night. Carlton, how are they looking, mate? Last week, of course, beating the Swans at the MCG. Yeah, they just beat the Swans last week. Carlton, without Harry Mackay... Uh, this week, concussed. Was it a tactical sub? Was it, or was it a concussion? Probably a concussion. So he's not playing. Uh, does Zach Fisher come back into the side? Yeah, that's a good call. That's a good call. Um, uh, Jack Silvani, he hasn't played since round 19. He's not coming back into the side for the Blues. Um, they've unearthed some gems this year, uh, the Blues, in in the likes of uh, a Matty Cultural off the off half forward. Uh, Brody Kemp, uh, solid team. Sam Walsh, who's back in. Paddy Cripps, back in. But I know they beat Melbourne by con- like controversially a couple rounds ago. But I think they're going to run out of steam, to be honest. All right, mate. Oh, wait, oh, sorry, that was last week. <laughs> The Melbourne Demons, well, they lost last week to the Pies at the MCG, and they're hosting this week's final, of course, Friday Night Footy, and this is a big encounter. The Demons will be without Jacob Van Ruin and, of course, Angus Brayshaw, who are both out this weekend. Van Ruin with suspension, Brayshaw out with concussion. Jeff? Max Gorn is going to play, even though he has a broken toe. Is he? Yes. Big call. Okay, okay. So no Brody Grundy coming back in the lineup. No, he's out. Brody Grundy's out of Melbourne. He's going to Sydney. Yeah, I still think Eagles should go for him. Uh, I, I don't know. Port Adelaide are out of the race as well. Yeah, because Jordan Sweet requested a trade to the power, which surprised me this week. Yeah, it's, I think it surprised a lot of Eagles fans. But we're here to talk about Melbourne. They should have won that game against Collingwood last week. They were coming in that last quarter, led by Christian Petrarca, who who stepped up in the final quarter, and Clayton Oliver. I, I think 
Melbourne had been there before. They went on that Cinderella run in 2021. Um, I think they've got too much to lose, and I think they'll play Brisbane in a prelim. Big game, mate, of course, Fuel on Friday night. Who in by how much? I'm, I'm going to tip the Ds by 15 points. I'm going to tip the Ds by two goals. However, I don't think you should rule out... Um, the Blues. We've called an upset, but I just think they're not experienced enough. enough. All right, we'll move on to the next game, of course, happening this weekend. This is on Saturday night, by the way, between the Power facing this mob. Well, there's a big, big sound from the west of the town. It's the sound of the mighty giants. The Giants last week beating the Saints at the MCG. Very weird for the Saints to have a home MCG game, but that's what they had last week. And this is a big encounter. Stephen Coniglio will be back. Uh, yes, he will be back in the side this week to face the power. Let's face it, Toby Green didn't set the world alight last week. They didn't just rely on him, Jeff. That was good. They didn't yeah. just rely on him. I know they didn't. Bedford played he phenomenal. He didn't have his great, uh, great game. Sam Taylor is solid in defence. Toby Bedford, Brett Daniels, they, I would say, are probably one of the best small forward duos in the AFL at the moment. And if I was a power fan, I'd be very worried. Can we get Sebastian Clark on the line? Can we ask him if he's worried about the Giants this week? Because I would. (laughs) It's got shades of 2019 written all about it. It is a big game, mate. Big game feel at the Adelaide Oval on Saturday night as the power plant hosts... What is this, brother? Amateur hour? (laughs) Oh, there you go, Jeff. Um, No, look, the power. They are hosting this game. They went down at Brisbane. Looks shocking last week. They did look shocking last week. Uh, Sorry. Um, It took uh, Ollie Lord, who kicked their first three goals, um, to actually get them on the board. Obviously, no Charlie Dixon. Jeremy Finlayson didn't look great last week. Willie Rioli didn't look great either. Scott Lysett looked like he was beaten in the ruck. And let's face it, Port Adelaide actually don't have a good finals record at home, believe it or not. I think Lysett could be the way out Port, to be honest with you. Huh? I reckon Lysett could be the way out. I reckon Lysett could be done with Port. I reckon he could be on the way out this year. Really? Look. John Sweet coming in. Maybe. We'll, we'll take a look. Uh, last home final Port Adelaide had was against the Bulldogs. 2021 prelim final they lost by 74 points and the year before they had a home prelim final against Richmond they lost by 6 points so they haven't got a good home finals record Um, and I think the Orange Tsunami is going to do an absolute number on them who comes in this week for their battered defence I think Tom Jonas has to come in this week Um, other than that I can't really see Port actually doing anything yeah, look, I'm going to Giants by about four or five goals. I'm going to four goals, Jeff. Who are you tipping? I reckon the Giants. They're going to win this by 30. And watch out for Tom Green. He will have a field day. Yeah, 40, another lazy 30 or 40 possessions from Tom Green, I reckon, this weekend. Good luck to both teams. And there'll be a massive encounter happening at the LA Level 5.40 on Saturday night. Now, Jeff, moving on. WAFL, big prelim final this weekend between Peel Thunder as they play host two. They... They play host to Subiaco, who... Thank you, Jeff. I'd say to your team. 
who beat Claremont in the semi-final last week by 39 points. And tell you what, Subi got the job done, but their kicking wouldn't uh, would suggest otherwise. Kicking 12 goals, 16. Yes, 12 goals, no, 16. Yep. Uh, Claremont were actually five points behind, I believe, at half time or three quarter time. I watched uh, this game, mate, by the way. And yeah, Subi ran out 39 point winners. But uh, so they will take on Peel Thunder this week. In the semi final, we saw East Frio and Peel. East Frio, they're straight through to the grand final. They beat Peel by five. If you were East Frio, would you like to play Peel Thunder more or would you want to play Subiaco more, knowing that in the last round you played Subiaco and you basically ran over the top of them uh, in uh, the uh, in the la- that last quarter? So put your East Frio hat on. Who would you rather play? In the, in the final? Yeah. So who they ran over the last round? Subiaco? In the last round, in the last quarter, but they only beat... Pure Thunder by five points on Saturday. Oh, yeah, Subi. So they would want to play I think Subi? they want to play Subi because then they're, they're, they're playing one of the best sides of the last so many years. And Pure Thunder, I mean, in all honesty, they've got all three of talents. How many more talent are they going to add to that side in the grand final? Uh, I think the Waffle put a cap on how many uh, oh, okay. AFL-listed well, players main, you can play. Yeah. Look, I'm going to go for a... P- I think this is biased here. I'm going for an East Romano, um, East Romano Subiaco grand final. i go East Frio Subi, and unfortunately... Of course, path sponsors are the warmth, by the way, Subiaco. Yes, so. they are path sponsors. But unfortunately, I think I think East Frio, they play a bit like Collingwood. I, I can't see them um, dropping the grand final. With Bill Monaghan also winning the Coach of the Year on Monday night as well, yeah. so... Interesting stuff. Now, mate, uh, we're nearly done for this week, but yeah. we're going to go a couple more things first of all. Um, AFL Women's West Coast last week were deplorable. Look, the, <laughs> is there enough superbolies out there to describe them? How they are? Uh, the Gold Coast Suns. They played against the Gold Coast Suns. But in Dana Hooker's fiftieth game. Yeah. Um, By the way, I found out that. Um, so I found out that in the AFL Women's sixty games gives you life membership. At the, mo- at the moment, oh, they're going to up it, but the 60 games is right. life membership. So Dana Hook is going to get life membership. Um, yeah, they were just horrible last week. Um, at least Belinda Smith kicked a goal. First ever goal in the AFLW. I think the Eagles kicked, what, four goals or three goals for the whole game. Um, Gold Coast, they, they're on a roll. They just don't... I don't know what what Michael Pryor's doing to be honest yeah look mate he's trying hard I suppose and but anyway Freo also tried their yeah. hardest Freo uh, went down to the um, Collingwood Magpies last week as well West Coast playing Carlton this weekend yes they are um, have you noticed with at some, home by the way first game at home for yeah, the season some of the AFLW games you've been watching some weird jumper combinations have you yeah. noticed that because of the new rule of uh, everyone wearing their, their coloured or home pants but with their away jersey because of Oh, to yeah. make them feel more comfortable. I can't understand that rule, though. I so, can't understand it. It looks a bit weird when you see Freo where they're white clash with purple pants, to be honest. Yeah. But I actually, yeah, this is one time where I can understand them doing the change in that rule. But I saw a YouTube video today. Should the AFL just abolish white shorts as well? Why abolish white shorts, though? I don't know. Just, anyway. uh, Fremantle, who are they playing this week, Jeff? Fremantle, I'm pretty sure on the road... Uh, as we touched on, the Eagles are at home against Carlton. Um, am I very, really confident? No. But uh, Zoe Wackford is going to make her debut this week. Um, 
<clears throat> she obviously came to the draft to watch her sister Lauren get uh, drafted, and then her name was called out as well, and she was not prepared for it. Uh, but Fremantle, they also have another home game. Sorry, they, they take on Hawthorne. Very, very nice. Uh, Jeff, mate, before we go any further, trade news this week. Jordan Sweet requested a trade. Braden, Bra- Braden or Brandon? Brandon 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 Fashion requested a trade as well to Port Adelaide and the Sarvrasa Galea to also Adelaide. to Port Adelaide. Destination club, why? Suddenly, just so sudden. Why? Because you got Jason Horn Francis. Huh? Well, last year they got Jason Horn Francis, Will Rioli. They also picked up. Um, Oh, they've, they've had they've had five big names in such a short space of time. I mean, Charlie Dixon over the years has come to the club. They've they've come. Jasmine Butter Butters. Yeah, I mean they've always been there. Rosie. But still, like poor Adelaide, all that to them again. Um, West Coast is it now time to look at Matt Flynn as a potential ruck option from Maybe, the Giants. Maybe potentially. Just going back on Jason Horn Francis, did he look all right in his first final? Do you reckon, or he looked a bit shell shocked? Bit shell shocked, I think. Yeah, coming from a club like North Melbourne, yeah, where you don't play finals. Um. Yeah, look, um, rumours still are um, wait for the finals. Obviously, they're going to wait for it. But um, we all know Tyler Brockman. Devin Robertson's a chance as well. Now, yes. Jevin, time for footy grid. Mm. Um, by the way, I might just do one more of these just to just just to say what people are listening to. You're listening to Boom Radio, not just noise. And yes, you are on the podcast this week, of course, by the way. For everyone wondering why we're a podcast, it is all because of the WA Training Awards, which, by the way, tonight, Jazz and I have been on air. Some stupid event. Jeff, you can't say that. It is. It's relegating the warm-up. It's not a stupid event, though, because we are broadcasting all part of WATA. Am I winning an award? No. And do you well, deserve that, one? No. Probably. Okay. All right, time for Footy Grid. Let's go to it, Jevin. Well, the only mid-season draftee from Hawthorne I can think of is John Newcomb. Yeah, that's all I think too. Yeah, well, he's not going to be that rare, is he? Pretty boring, isn't it? Yeah, unless... Have they had another mid-season draftee? Probably have a look at the, have a look at the results in the past. Right, let's do a cheat here, Jeff. Rookie uh, draft. Uh, mid-season, isn't it? Oh, mid-season draft, that's right. Yeah, look, mate, all I can think of is um, Mr. John Newcomb. But could be wrong. Yeah, I don't know. Well, there you mm. go. All right, Mark. Yep. Oh, and his six teams he played for this year. Um, and, 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 yeah. All right, Mark. So happy for him, of course. That was early in the year. It was his birthday the other day. It was his birthday the other day. No, I think mm. it's just John Newcomb, to be honest. Just John Newcomb, really? Oh, hang on. Uh, First round. Clay Tucker. See, put that in. Or Brandon, Brandon Ryan. Ryan. Brandon Ryan, Clay Tucker, which one? Did... Did Brandon Ryan play a game? No. Nah, he's Luke, called Luke Ryan's brother. Yeah, Brandon oh, is Ryan. he? Yeah. Brandon Ryan? Mm-hmm. Ah, oh, he's on the list. Boom. Oh, he's probably... Everyone's probably gone, John Newcomb's too obvious, they've got Brandon Ryan. Yes. Oh, far out. All right. Uh, next one, Jeff. Essendon. Essendon. You could go Will Snelling, Massimo D'Ambrosio. You could go... Was he mid-season? Yeah. You could go Jaden Hunter. From I Perth. don't think Massimo was in season, Jeff. Yes, he was. I don't think he was, Jevin. He was. I'm telling you, Bryza. Jaden Hunter. Put Jaden Hunter from from Perth. He didn't play a game. He was injured. But Jaden Hunter. On the list. I reckon Massimo D'Ambrosio. Or you could put Will Snelling. 
I reckon go Will Snelling. I reckon, be, I reckon he's too obvious. Will Snelling. Remember, played a couple of games for Port Adelaide as well. One of the one of the great mid-season draftees. Mm. Too obvious there, Jeff. Too obvious, too obvious. All right, Richmond. Well, obvious one's Marlon Pickett. Yeah, my line. What about Matthew Parker? My line. Oh, Jevin. I said Matty Parker. No, you said movement. Marlon Pickett. I said Marlon Marlon Pickett um, would be too obvious. Riser. You, you know he's actually you know his name's actually pronounced Marlon. I found that out. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Um, oh. Average one bounce a season, John Newcomb? Yeah. Do you reckon? Yep. One bounce a game? Yep, probably. Nope. No! You ruined the Jeff. <sighs> oh, okay. Played in a 100-point loss. John Newcomb? Uh, oh. No, I don't think he played in a 100-point loss. Maybe beat us 100 points. Um, No, but played in a 100-point yeah. Average loss. one plus bounces a season. Oh. For Hawthorne. I reckon oh, would have to be like Sam Mitchell or something. Essen, by the way, not Hawthorne. Oh, Essendon. Uh probably Zach Merritt. It's Zach. Zach Merritt. Zach Merritt? No, Zach. 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 Oh. Are you kidding? Tigers, who we got? Um Chekotchen? No. Maybe. Uh, okay, 100 point loss for Hawthorne. No, really bad back in the day. What about what about Croft? Shane Crawford. Shane Crawford. Yes. Shane Crawford. Look at young looks there. That's a terrible player. Essendon, 100 point loss. Joe Danaher. Oh, I know we can do it with. David Zaharakis. Zaka. Because you know why? Why? Oh, that's, I'm, thinking, I'm thinking Gold Coast by 100. The game with those got 975 in the he first. He was, uh, no, because he was part of that 2016. <laughs> yeah, I meant 2016 he side. He could have gotten Darcy to Parish. True. It was his first year, wasn't it? Yeah, I think so. And Tigers? Well, an unfortunate year. Uh, Jack, oh, hang on. Jack Rebolt's been part of a lot. Matt you Richardson. Could, hang on. You could, Tom Lynch. Tom Lynch, Matthew Richardson. Richo. Yeah. There you go. Or you could have gone Jordan McMahon. Jordan McMahon. These are the most popular. Yeah. Oh, Sorry, yeah. Adam can. Saad, yeah. Surioli. Mm-hmm. Adam Saad. All right. See, Massimo D'Ambrosio. Okay, Jeff. Don't need, don't need, don't need to sugarcoat it. Uh, look, mate, thank you once again. Of course, we are done. We are actually out of here for the warm-up podcast. It has been an hour and three minutes of absolute goals each and every week, of course. Uh, this week, we upload all our good sites um, too, so make sure you stay tuned for that one, Spotify, Apple Music, and much, much more. And stay tuned to Boom Radio back next week, same time, same place. And, Jeff, of course, we are going to end it with... You're listening to Boom Radio, not just noise. Nah, look, have a great weekend, Jeff. Good luck to your side. And yes, we'll be back next week. Guess what's right around the corner, Brian? What, Jeff? It starts in two weeks. What? It's the NBL. And guess who the Wildcats are playing in their first game? Yeah. Come, the Jackies! Have a great rest of your weekend. I'm going to smash his head in. Not really. Um, have a great rest of your weekend. Good luck to your side. And can the 
Lions against the Eagles. 